Good morning, church. Welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. Would you all stand? We're going to just come together today and celebrate, experience the joy that God has given us with the many blessings, many benefits that he offers. Let's put our hands together and our voices as we celebrate the great things that he has done.
church, celebrate him, lift him up, praise his name, clap for his glory. We're going to continue with something new. And I think it's appropriate this morning that as we've been going through the Psalms that we're, that we're going to land on this song today, um, because in the Psalms, if you, if you read into a, across the, across the spectrum, the psalmists will, from time to time, they'll call on, on creation itself to magnify the Lord, to testify to the greatness of God. You know, the, the heavens declare the trees will sing for joy. The, the sea resounds and all that's in it. All testifying to the greatness of our God. And, and how much more then, if, if those things testify to God's greatness, how much more his creation that he has formed in his image, how much more should we be magnifying the Lord, testifying to his goodness and his greatness with our lives? The song is called Christ Be Magnified. That's, that's the, the spirit of this song. That it's a commitment, a, a, a desire, a, a heart cry that, that Christ will be magnified in our lives. So I'm going to sing the chorus, and I'm going to invite you then to, to sing another one with me, and um, we'll see how it goes. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. So that's how it goes. It's pretty easy, right? Why don't you sing it with us? Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my Christ be magnified in me. We're creation suddenly articulate.
our prayer this morning, that above all else, above any other name, you would be magnified, you would be glorified. God, I pray that if there's any heart in this space that does not have you as the name above all names, God, that you would just make that happen right now. God, that prayer that we sang in the bridge, that we won't bow to idols, we'll hold fast to what's true. God, make that true for every person in this space. Lord, if there's anything else, if there's any other name in this space that is clawing for our attention or distracting us from you and your glory, God, if there are politics or social media or whatever distractions, God, cast it out. God, I pray that you would rid this place of anything that is not your name. Fill us with your spirit. God, through your crucifixion, through your resurrection, transform us. Make us look more like you this morning. God, I pray that the cry of our church would be Christ be magnified. That anybody who interacts with a single member of this congregation, a single attender this morning, would see the name of Christ being lifted high. God, be with us today. Change us to look more like you pray this all in that name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for singing with us. I've been having a fun time hearing some answers to your questions as we kind of give some different questions for you to answer different weeks. So as we do this, whether you're joining us online and you're in a room with some people or you want to text or if you're here, you can turn to the people next to you. Why don't you turn and ask them what they do with their free time when they're not at work, school, or parenting. If you have any free time left after those, why don't you turn and say, what do you do with that free time? What's your hobby?
Hi, my name is Nathan Wagner. I'm going into ninth grade at Warwick High School. I accepted Christ into my heart when I was five. At that time, I didn't know what that meant to the full extent, but recently I have gained more understanding. I've been going to LEFC for my entire life, and throughout my time here, I've grown closer and closer to Christ. Some of the most important steps of my faith have been at church camps and middle school discipleship group. I would like to get baptized today as a public profession of faith. My favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah 29 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is my favorite verse because it reminds me that God has a plan for my life and I do not need to worry. I look forward to seeing what God has planned in my future. So uh, helping me baptize is uh, Nathan's father here today as well. So Nathan, have you repented of your sins and placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation? Yes. Then based on your profession of faith and in obedience to the Lord's command, I and your father baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For in my class at church, we were learning about what it meant to be a Christian and to accept Christ into your heart. That night, I was talking to my mom for a while. When I was in the bathtub, I decided I wanted to, to ask Christ into my heart. And so that night, I prayed and accepted Jesus into my heart. In February, I went to Winter Blast, and I re really was able to connect and talk with my life group leaders and friends. It, was, it really made a big change in my life, both spiritually and physically. One day, I was reading Acts, and this one verse really spoke to me. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of you, of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That verse made me realize that I wanted to be baptized today. So today, I am here proclaiming my love for Jesus. So Maya, have you repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone? Yes. Well, in, based on your profession of faith and in obedience to the Lord's commands, I baptize you in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It has just filled me with so much joy to see this continuous stream of baptisms. Uh, it's a testament to what God is doing in the lives of his people. That he is always working and bringing people close to him. If you're interested in being baptized, we do that about once a month. Uh, you can contact Ann Unruh, which is unruh at lefc.net. You can shoot her an email or you can call the office. We'd love to just talk with you about either being baptized or if you just have questions about what that means, what do we believe about baptism, what's the point of it. These are great places to start that conversation. As we move forward in our service, we also want to open up this next time to be able to give. Uh, if you're here in person, we have boxes at the entrance or there's a list of ways that you can be giving. If you're not here, if you prefer to do it other ways, um, that is an act of worship to our God is to be able to give back to him out of the blessings that he has given us. And if we're honest, uh, God has poured out so many blessings on us. And this next song that we're about to sing connects really strongly in my heart to Psalm 136, which just repeats over and over and over again, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. 
the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. It's, it just repeats over and over again. The psalm that we'll be looking at today, Psalm 103, the psalmist looks at his soul and says, forget not his benefits. I think the psalmist realizes there that we are forgetful creatures, that God can pour out blessings on us, and a month later, we won't remember it, and all we'll focus on is what we don't have. So this next song connects for me to remembering that uh, when we forget, whether because of our circumstances or what we're going through or just it's been a while that we have noticed evidence of it, the song just repeats, you are good, you are good, you are good, you are good. And there's days that I need to hear that 8, 16, 30 times in a row before it really settles in for me and I kind of have my eyes open and go, God, you have been so good to me. And I didn't notice it the first 10 times I said that phrase, but there's power in that repetition. So I want to invite you to stand, uh, to meditate on these words as we sing them, and to join us in singing them out, reminding each other, those of us who are around you, and reminding ourselves that we serve a good God. The king of my heart. 
us to hold on to hold on to you that you would be that you would take that rightful place as the king of our hearts because you are good you bring life Lord and we can trust you because you are good in this moment I just ask that you would be over the rest of our time that as Matt comes to share from your word that you would be your spirit would be on him, Lord, that as we hear from your word, that you would stir us in our spirits, do the work of transformation, ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can have a seat.
Good morning. My name is Matt Sawada, one of the pastors here at LEFC. And once again, it truly is an honor to open God's, God's Word with you on a Sunday morning. Uh, if you've been with us for the last couple weeks, uh, you'll, you'll realize we've been, in a, we've been in a sermon series. And this sermon series specifically has focused on the book of Psalms. It's been titled Heart to Heart. We've gotten a glimpse not only of the hearts of these authors, but more importantly, the heart of God. And as we've been stepping through this, looking at journal-like entries from these authors, um, I, it's been helpful for me to remember uh, a quote that, that Tim Keller, he's an author, he's a pastor in New York City, made about the book of Psalms. This, this book is, it's not a, a counseling textbook, it's a counseling casebook. And you see, case by case, these authors going through very real struggles, anxiety, doubt, um, fear. You see them working through these situations and scenarios in their lives and how, they're, how they see God at work in the midst of it. And so this morning, we are, are going to take a page out of that, that casebook, not a textbook. Take a page out of that, that casebook and see how David, in Psalm 103, basically uses God's character, these truths about God, to help him get through these tough moments. You know, this is one of my, one of my favorite psalms. It's been a, truly a blessing to simmer in it for the last couple months. And I've been praying that it would both challenge and encourage you this morning. Uh, I'd like to just encourage you to listen, all right? The lights are going to dim here. You're not going to be able to read and read your, your Bibles. I'd like to just listen as my friend Amy comes up and recites Psalm 103 for us this morning. Bless the Lord. O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, 
nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen is right. I think God's word is incredibly powerful. And when we hide it in our hearts and memorize it for ourselves, that sharpens us. But then when someone takes that word they've hidden in their hearts and then recites that back to us, there's power in that. God's word is so good. So thank you, Amy. That was helpful for my heart to hear this morning. Well, this morning, as I mentioned earlier, we're in Psalm 103. So if you'll turn your Bibles to 103, we've got some friends coming down. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'd love to, love to hand that out to you this morning. I think Psalm 103 might be the most familiar, forgotten psalm out there. And this is what I, I mean by that. As you listened to that psalm, to Amy recite it, you probably heard some some lyrics to songs packed in there. Like, yeah, I think I've sang that before. <laughs> or as Ashley recited it, there were probably some very familiar verses. Some verses that you're like, man, I, I knew I heard that. I've read that. Or maybe there are concepts that have been echoed into other texts or from other texts. See, Psalm 103, when I was reading back through the Psalms a couple months ago and got stuck on this one, I began to realize, whoa, this is all in the same psalm. Again, it's a very familiar, forgotten psalm. So as we begin to look at Psalm 103 this morning, we're going to do it through the lens of a couple questions. 
I think the first question you need to ask anytime you open up scripture is who's writing this? Well, it's God who has breathed this into humans, but you've got to begin to figure out who is the human author, right? And so in this case, we, we know that it's David. David is the author of Psalm 103. The second question I think you need to ask, who's he writing it to? Who's the audience? And so with that question in mind, let me just read you the first two verses here. And I want you to try to find out who was David writing this psalm to? These first two verses, Psalm 103 say, Praise the Lord, my soul, and all that is, and, I'm sorry, and all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. So David is writing to who? Yeah, to David. David's writing to his soul. This is a psalm not written to a people group. Now, we are benefits of it. But this psalm was written to himself. This, he wrote this psalm specifically addressed to his own soul, his innermost being. And so you see this David writing to his soul the question would then be, why? Why would you actually write a psalm to your soul? So that's another good question. Verses 1 and 2. Let me read it again. We're asking the why. So I think there's two reasons here. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. Did you pick up those two reasons? In these first two verses, you get a lot of stuff packaged in here by David. The first reason he's writing to his soul is he's saying, Hey, soul, don't forget to praise his holy name. Praise his name. And then the second reason is to forget not all his benefits. Soul, praise and forget not. So we begin to see here, David in a way, is taking a step back from whatever situation or circumstance he's in. And we know through Scripture, he's in a lot of sticky ones. Whatever situation he's in, he's taking this step back, and he's praising his holy name, and he's reminding his soul to forget not. Forget not all his benefits. Why? Why do that? Well... Because I think he forgets. I think you're looking at a man who's forgotten the benefits of God. And by forgetting the benefits of God, we've forgotten the character of God. He's got to remind himself, hey soul, you've got to remember in this moment who God is and let's praise him. Have y'all, did I just say y'all? Oh, my word. <laughs> Texas was a long time ago for, my, for me. I'm not going to hear the end of that. <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you have forgotten something? Yeah, you have? I know I have. Uh, maybe, maybe it's this. You go to the grocery store, five things on your list. You walk out of the grocery store with 10 things because you can never go to the grocery store and only get what's on your list. 
but you realize you've forgotten one of the original things you went to get. That ever happen? I got an amen. Or how about this? Have you ever started a... Sean Warp, you've never gone shopping. What are you talking about? Have you ever gotten 75 pages into a novel or a book and realized, I think I've read this before? That ever happened to you? That's happened to me. Maybe you've gotten that notice uh, saying, hey, this bill's overdue. You forgot to pay that bill. Or maybe you've forgotten to celebrate an important date, a birthday. Anyone out there? An anniversary, guys? Ladies? I'm not just throwing guys under the bus. We can forget important things, can't we? It probably happens maybe more so now. You're out and about, and you can only see someone's eyes. And so you can see, they look really familiar. I can't remember their name, and I don't have context as to why I should know them. You guys been in that case where you've, you've forgotten something about the person you're in a conversation with? I don't remember your name. Well, let me tell you one of my best or worst forgotten moments. I was a youth pastor in Virginia, and I was flying back to Texas to officiate a wedding. Uh, my wife was already there. She was in the wedding, so she went a couple days before me get on the plane in Richmond, Virginia, fly to Dallas-Fort Worth, DFW. My wife and friends pick me up. We're hanging out. Morning of the wedding. Forgot my suit. Yep, forgot my suit. I didn't, I forgot my shoes. Forgot my suit pants. Forgot the shirt. Forgot the tie. Forgot the belt. Forgot the jacket. You'd think you'd remember that when that is why you're going I call that my suit moment. Do you have a suit moment like that? Where you just kind of, I can't believe I've forgotten that. I hope you do. That would encourage me at least. You see, I think there are very real situations in which we might have experienced forgetfulness along the way. But I don't think forgetting an anniversary or a suit is what David is referring to in the psalm. I don't think uh, verse 2 of Psalm 103 is saying, uh, hey, soul, forget not the things on a grocery list. No. Verse 2, David is reminding his soul, his innermost part of who he is, to forget not his benefits, God's benefits. And so this morning, we're going to go on a journey, and we're going to unpack hopefully three things. We're going to see what, what are these benefits? When he says benefits, what does he mean? And then secondly, I hope to, to look at why we tend to forget these benefits. And then lastly, why it's important to remember them. And so, please pray with me as we begin this journey through Psalm 103. Heavenly Father, thank you again as we uh, repeated, you are good. You're good. And we are thankful for these reminders, these opportunities of worship are, are exactly what our hearts need because they help us remember not just your benefits, but they help us remember you, your character. They help us, they put us into our place 
and they allow you to take yours. So Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We desire to worship him this morning. Thanks for this text. And I pray that through it, you would challenge, encourage, and change us. We love you, Lord. We commit this time to you and pray this in your name. Amen. So what are his benefits? What does he really mean? Is this like the benefit package that you get when you sign a contract at a new job? It's your insurance, this is dental or vision or whatever. Is he really only referring to all the things that he offers us? Many commentators think that benefits is a synonym of blessings, of the good things. And so these benefits, in this case in particular, help us see his character. These benefits are tangible connect points that lead us back to the giver of the benefits. And so my hope is not just to focus on these things that he's done for us. My hope is that these things will lead us back to appreciate the one who has given us these things. They point us back to his character. So this morning, again, we're in Psalm 103. We're going to look at the next nine verses. We've already tackled uh, one and two, um, maybe 10. So I can't do math either today. Talking like a Texan, and I can't do my math. Uh, But these next 10 verses are packed with blessings. They're packed with them. And even though we're stopping a few verses short of the end this morning, I'd like to encourage you this week to read all of it and, and make a list This was a really helpful exercise from my heart. I made a list of all the blessings mentioned in this psalm. And then next to that, create a column and start theming them. What are the major themes that he's talking about here? And how does this one tie into that one? And allow this psalm to take you on a journey of identifying a little bit more of his character. I was listening to a counselor speak once at a conference, and he referred to a list like this as his God is list, his God is list. And in the back of his journal, he has an ongoing, a running God is list, and it's God is love, God is merciful, God has forgiven. And it's a, it's a list that helps him, as he says, it's the purpose of this list is to intentionally place the focus of my mind and heart upon that which is true, honorable, and upright. Sounds a whole lot like Philippians 4. And so this God is list is a reminder for him to forget not these benefits. Well, Psalm 103, I think, is essentially David's God is list. This is a a list of what God has done and who he is. It's a tool to help himself forget not about God. Let me read the next couple verses for you. Start in verse 2. We'll go through verse 5. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, 
who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is a beautiful picture of grace. It's a beautiful picture of what God has done in our lives. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, crowning with steadfast love and mercy, with love and compassion, and satisfying our desires. Let me ask you this. What what situations in your life today, in your daily lives, that would be helpful to actually preach these truths to yourself? Maybe you're sitting here this morning guilty. A sin's been exposed. Or maybe there's a, a hidden, reoccurring sin, and you feel guilt and shame. You're just ashamed of what you're turning back to. Let me just read these verses and think of that person. Do you believe that he has forgiven you? He is the one who who forgives all your sins. He's healed you from these diseases. He has redeemed your life from the pit. Not only has he pulled you out of this, but he has crowned you with love and compassion. Do you believe that he is the one who can satisfy you with good? You see, in that moment, it's so helpful to remember the character of God through his benefits. Maybe you're a person who's sitting here really disappointed or you're worried or frustrated. I get that many of us have had significant hopes and expectations for 2020 that will never be met. It's because of this current climate everything's changed. But even in the midst of this disappointment, I'd like to suggest that he is the one who satisfies our desires with good things. That doesn't change reality, but it can change our perspective. That even though we haven't been able to do A, B, C, or D, God is good, like we just sang And believing that regardless of our fleeting feelings or our changing circumstances, that God doesn't change, that that he is a constant in these realities of his forgiveness and his redemption and his mercy and his majesty, these are things that we we can cling to. I think that our hope is... Our hope to actually walk in freedom of this guilt or disappointment or worry is not in what we can create, but it's in what he has already done for us. It's remembering these benefits. Psalm 103, 1 through 5, these are recentering verses for me. These are verses that I come back to maybe even daily, and they remind me of my need for him, But they also encourage me to to walk forward out of these circumstances and situations I find myself in. I'd encourage you to memorize them. Challenge you. Memorize them. Meditate on them. Be good to do as a family. But he doesn't stop at verse 5. 
He keeps going. He says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. You see, God is at work in us, for us, and around us. There's evidence of this all throughout the Old Testament and into the New. God does the work, and we get to participate in what he's doing. But the question here that I walk away from 6 and 7 with is, am I willing to participate? For example, there are about 15 of us that engaged in a conversation this summer on racial reconciliation. We processed some of the systemic issues that are out there in our society today. I was encouraged because the small group was willing to, to have the hard conversations, to, under, to uncover how we, we're not going to fix it, but how we can partner with what God is up to. How do we come alongside that in, the needs, in meeting the needs of the oppressed within such a systemic issue? David continues with a verse that's probably really familiar in verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. You would have heard this in in Exodus 34. Fast forward, Psalm 145. This verse is found in many other places. This is what the Lord spoke about himself to Moses right before he reissued the old covenant. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Do you remind yourself of his character qualities with verses like this? Verse 9, he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. David is writing these verses years before Jesus. To them, this is, this is an already not yet passage. They're blown away by concepts like this because they had this sacrificial system. They had to do things to have their sins removed. But today, reread these verses, and this screams Jesus. Our sins have been removed from us. He has been the, the propitiation. He has satisfied the wrath that we deserved and removed those from us. So when you guys walk out today, turn east, and I want you to text me as soon as you get west. And John, I want you to just walk west. Everyone else go east, you go west, and you tell me when you get east. Deal? The problem is, is you'll never get there. These, these things, you start walking a direction, you never get to the other direction. These verses remind me of Romans 8, the, the bigness of what we're talking about. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
This is what God has done on our behalf. He's given his one and only son to satisfy this wrath we deserve. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we, you and I, might become the righteousness of God. He offers us Jesus so that we can experience this love and forgiveness. Have you experienced that? These blessings, these benefits are incredible. If you're anything like me, you're asking the question, how in the world then can we forget them? If God is so good, why do we so often go the other direction? I think it's our human tendency to be forgetful. We as humans are incredibly distracted. Social media doesn't help. The news doesn't help. ESPN doesn't help. But we've got all the things on a to-do list. Doesn't help. And we... Not only do we have all these things going on, David had all the things going on, but the reality is that we, unlike God, have limited capacity. And I think this theme of humans forgetting is a theme throughout all of Scripture, just like I'm sure it's a theme in your life. Let's go back to Joshua, Joshua 4. Joshua has just kind of taken over from Moses, and they're crossing the Jordan to get to the promised land. He splits the water again, second time, first time Red Sea, second time Jordan. And he's walking through. God then tells them, hey, one guy per tribe, go and get a stone from the middle of that water, come back out and make an altar. Why does he do that? Joshua 4, verse 7. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So that when your kids ask, what... What do these stones mean? You can tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Why did they make an altar? So that they wouldn't forget. You can forget not what God has done. In Hebrews chapter 2, you see in Hebrews 1, you've got this back and forth of who Jesus is. In Hebrews 2, verse 1, it says, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard so that we don't drift away. Why are we going to drift away? Because we're going to forget about Jesus. We're going to forget his benefits. Or take another step here to, to 2 Peter 1. This is the sermon series from last spring. 2 Peter chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter repeats his purpose several times in this chapter. This is why he wrote it. He says, I'm writing these things so that you will be able to recall these truths. Why is he writing it? So that you don't forget these benefits. You don't forget what God has done. Paul Tripp, he's an author, speaker, does a lot of other things. He calls this spiritual amnesia. I think I've mentioned this before in a sermon. Uh, he says this, when you forget eternity, you tend to lose sight of what's important. When you lose sight of what's truly important, you live for what is temporary and your heart seeks for satisfaction 
where it cannot be found. If God truly is the one that satisfies our desires with good things, why do we turn to all these other places? Because we forget who he is and what he's done. As humans, we have an innate desire for significance. It's called pride. You struggle with it, I do too. Something we all do. We want the glory, we want the praise, and in some ways, we want to be the one that's worshipped. Since it's such an ingrained human desire, when we forget his benefits, we are dethroning him and we are claiming that place for ourselves. We claim the rights because we've elevated ourselves. Keller says this about our identity. The gospel says you are more sinful and flawed than you ever dared believe, but more accepted and loved than you ever dared hope. When we forget, we're either forgetting our sinfulness or we're forgetting who he is and what he's done. David is telling his soul to forget not. Forget not. And it's because of Christ, now this side on the cross, we can say we've been forgiven, we've been redeemed, and we are now able to repent of this amnesia. We're able to forget these forgetful moments and come back to remembering who he is. That's the truth we need to remember. These realities are the ones we need to rehearse and rest in. The question is how? It's a good question. How do we go about remembering them when by nature we're so forgetful? Well, I think we take David's lead. I think we can see what David does here in these circumstances. He's, I think he's telling us this is what we're supposed to live like. We're supposed to pause, step back, and I think we're, he's asking for help. Hey, Spirit, God, you've given me this gift of your Holy Spirit. Help me now to remember who you are and what you've done. Help me to, help me to get to a place where I can even say, hey, soul, it's time to praise his name and forget not his benefits. That gives us a whole new perspective on the situation or circumstance we're in. For instance, maybe tomorrow, uh, there's going to be an unexpected tax bill in your mailbox. I hope I'm not a prophet in anyone's life. You didn't know it was coming. You open that letter and you realize, I totally forgot. Or maybe on the flip side, it's not about, I have no clue how to pay this. Maybe on the flip side, you go to work and you get an unexpected promotion. And in that moment, yeah, I'm the man. I've, I've deserved this for a long time. I didn't know it was coming, but yeah, I deserved it. In either case, what would it look like to take a step back, remembering God's provision over the years, and look to the one who was trustworthy then and who is trustworthy now? To not step on the throne and get the credit. Or maybe you're, you're going to be in a situation in the next week where someone sins against you. 
a spouse, a neighbor, a coworker, a boss, a parent, or a kid. And they're going to have to, they're confessing something they did. And those are hard moments. Not saying there aren't consequences to sin in this, but maybe you go back and think in your mind, okay, Psalm 103.8, how did God love me in my sin? The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. He's extended you buckets of grace so that you can extend that grace when needed. Not saying there aren't consequences, but I am saying this sounds a whole lot like 1 Corinthians 13 where he mentions we should keep no record of wrongs. Take a step back and realize this is exactly how God has treated you. He's given you the resources to respond in suit. I think in these moments, we need to remember that he is the Prince of Peace. That he is the one who loves and forgives no matter what. That he is the one who truly satisfies. Psalm 77, 11 says, remember the works of the Lord. Partners beautifully with Psalm 103, 2. And forget not all his benefits. Stepping back and out of a circumstance is difficult. I often need someone else to help me point the way out. I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. So I'm either trusting his spirit to do that. Sometimes it's my wife, Robin, a mentor, a counselor, a friend. Sometimes it's a comment that jars me to the point of, well, I need to take a step out of this. Stepping back gives me a broader perspective and allows me to forget not his benefits. You know, this psalm has allowed us to see how David responds to his spiritual suit moments. The moments in which he's forgotten something really important. He's forgotten God. He's allowed us into his journal, his God is list. And as the worship team joins us on stage, uh, just like to conclude with this. My prayer is that this week, you'll take David's lead and stop reminding your soul in the moment to re-engage with things that will stir your affections for Christ. Begin a God is list. Start with Psalm 103. Use sticky notes or the backdrop on your phone or computer to remind you of a truth or a verse that you need to hear. Maybe it's Grab a few friends this week to, to ponder and rehearse truths that you each need to hear in these moments. Create a playlist of theologically rich songs and sing along with them, especially if you have your own office. If you've got a lot of cubbies, maybe, maybe not. As David worked his way down through his God is list in Psalm 103, let's, let's look at where he ended. In verse 20, it says this. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. 
Praise the Lord, my soul. You see, after rehearsing all these benefits, he naturally, his heart ends at a place of praise. His heart is just screaming like, I just want to worship. It's praise, 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 praise the Lord on my soul. He's telling the angels in creation to praise. See, I think when we get a glimpse at God's character, just as we've seen in this familiar forgotten psalm, rehearsing these truths about who he is results in worship. Would you stand and join us in doing just that? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name, and sing like never before, O oh my soul, I worship Your holy
think I ever noticed until we sang that this morning, first service, that that song is, we're basically singing a reminder to our soul, right? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. It, wow, it beautifully lines up with the rest of the psalm. I'd encourage you at some point today, maybe this week, uh, we've got some discussion questions for you to process, either individually, with a group, the spouse, the neighbor. Uh, take some time and, and just think through what are some of these, these benefits that you need to rehearse, that you need to cling to in your lives. I'd like to leave uh, us today uh, with a, a truth from Philippians 3. Not that I have already obtained all of this. This is Paul writing to the Philippians. Or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus has taken hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now to Paul, his goal was complete knowledge of Christ. None of us are there. We won't be on this side of heaven. But I would encourage you today to pause and remind your soul to praise his holy name and to forget not all his benefits because these benefits help us see the true character of God. Let's make seeing him 
knowing him and his character, our goal today. We love you guys. I hope you have a great Sunday. See you later. Second service. Really engaging. It just, it felt like the time was flying. It, it, it did flow. It really.